Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Thanks again to Carbon Health for being our presenting sponsor. If you are a regular here, you know I've talked about Carbon Health and how long I've talked about Carbon Health and why I love Carbon Health. They help with things like COVID, cold, flu testing, antibiotic prescriptions for things like infections, UTIs, STDs. They have primary care services in California and Massachusetts. But if you're new here, thank you, by the way, for stopping by. You should also know that they can help with injuries as well. Most of their locations have imaging or x-ray machines so they can diagnose strains, sprains, and fractures if you unfortunately become injured. And I know, unfortunately, not everyone will be near one of the 120-plus locations but they do have virtual urgent care services for states like California, New York, Florida, and several others. So thank you to Carbon Health. Really, really happy to be working with them. Check out the link in the description. Hey, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to The Big Thing slash Star Wars Sith Council show, man. Yeah, we're going to talk about Star Wars. We've got a lot to talk about in Star Wars. We're going to talk about Natalie Portman says she might come back to Star Wars or she'd want to come back to Star Wars. Will they use her? Jedi Survivor. We'll talk about Jedi Survivor. Giving an homage to the great Ray Stevenson, who unfortunately has passed away at the age of 58. Uh, Dave Filoni, Rosario Dawson have had tributes. Uh, 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 many more have. The new Ubisoft game, apparently still coming out. Uh, Make Solo 2 happen. That trended. And apparently people still want to do that. Okay. Um, and then you got news. Regular pop culture news. What's going on? Well, the Flash director, Andy Muschietti, has given away and spoiled a cameo that happens in the movie. Don't worry, we're not going to. We're just going to talk about the fact that he did. And inside of that, why? What was the reasoning behind it? We'll, we'll get into that. Um, there's this movie called, um, I just what was it called? The Week? The, the Idol. The Idol, thank you. The Idol. Yeah, I don't remember, and apparently no one else will either, because it's getting destroyed by critics. And then Netflix, that password thing, starts today. So that and more on today's episode. We have a good crew, man. The good news is that Mike Kalinowski is not here. No, I'm just kidding. He's working. He's working. But we do have a very special guest. And after the after the uh, the credits, or whatever the hell this is called, we'll um, we'll introduce him. But for now, show a little, will you? Get on over to New York. It's me. It's Mark Ellis. It is Martin and Corey from Double Toasted. Brett Sheridan, Jen Sturger, Kate Mulligan gonna be there, and you can get your tickets now. So get your tickets at thechristianharloff.com. Show a little, hit that button. Almost at one hundred thousand, we're getting closer and closer. But we need you guys to help. So do it. Let the English see you do it. It's time for the big thing. Let's do it. What's going on, everybody? 
Happy Wednesday once again. It is me, Steph Sabron. Hello. And joining us for the first time on the big thing, Frankie Janish. Hello. Numbers is Hi. here. What's Woo. up, man? What's up? Happy to have you. Happy to be here. About uh, time, Christian. Well, I, I ha- live right down the road. Do you really live that close? It's like just on the 405. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, well, I've asked you, you before. Have yeah. but here now, I am. Now here we I did am. it. Now, now we, we did, did it. it. We did it. You keep you keep giving me shit. It's the last time you come in, <laughs> right? <laughs> but no, it's good. To, it's good to have Frank on here because Frank Frank. Uh, when we talk about Star Wars. We know Frank and Hang, um, and I don't think Frank's going to interrupt us that much. <laughs> as much as, we'll see. No, no, there's no way. No, you, there's no? no way you can do it as much as Mike. There's no okay. Way. No, okay. he's got. It's, these, I mean, it's become like a, it's a bit, bit though. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> so, Frank, what's your favorite Star Wars movie and why? The Empire Strikes Back. Why? Why? Because it has. Well, a- uh, hold, hold on. Right. <laughs> now you say you like that, um, yeah, yeah. but there's there's a lot yeah. going on. <laughs> Mike, let him, let him talk. Oh, sorry. Go go, go ahead, Frank. Frank, continue. Well, because you know Darth Vader, it's the rebellion. You have Han Solo and uh, Han Solo was was absolutely Indiana Jones as well. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. It's we miss bit. you, Mike. We do. We do. He'll be uh, he'll be back soon. But Frank's here. Frank does a show on uh, on the YouTube Scoundrels Inc. Scoundrels Inc. Yeah. Um, formerly with with Kevin Smets. We still we still Skype him in from time oh, to time okay, now. Good. So, uh, but yeah, it's myself. Sean Sullivan, Brandon, Hannah, you yeah. know, old Schmodown alum. In yeah. person? In person, and well, sometimes, you know, we'll do the StreamYard thing too, right. but we try to keep it in person, um, which is why Kevin is here and it's there. Because yeah, he's in San, San Diego, Diego yeah, so, but he's, now, now he's doing Roka's show. You know, he left you yeah. guys. I was like, oh, okay. Left you in the dirt. Right. I see how it is. Ooh. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. We're like, dramatic. He, he, it is. I love it. us, and we're like, we're all like, he asked us, and we're like, oh, no, man, go ahead. Of course. Good time, you know. Yeah. For sure. Well, I mean, look, to be fair, you're on this show right now, Exactly. Yeah. We're all over the place. We're all yeah. over the place. Anyway, I love this look of what you're doing. Right I'm now. in a mood today. I like it. What mood are you in? I just I'm woke up and it's still winter, so yeah. I just didn't feel like I don't feel like trying. I feel like <laughs> you're gonna force lightning somebody at Starbucks. I, I yeah, I look banged up. The name. I love Wait, it. Let yeah, me get it lined up. Right. There we go. Good, do it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's really good. Um. Anyway, we got stuff to talk about, and as if you're brand new to the channel. And, or you haven't seen Sith Council in a bit. You're like, well, what's going on with Sith Council? Well, Steph and I were talking about it last week and said, you know, it makes uh, – until Ahsoka comes out. When Ahsoka comes out, oh, we'll be covering that the same way we always have full-depth interviews with Star Wars stories and full Sith Council. But right now, especially with, like, the writer strike and everything else going on, there really isn't a lot of Star Wars news and people aren't really doing a big search for Star Wars, to be completely honest with you. So we were like, well, this show primarily covers – a lot of pop culture in general and movie stories in general. So we're like, well, let's just combine it. We'll do heavy Star Wars up top, you know, the stories that are out there and that we want to talk about. And then we'll move into uh, the pop culture stuff. So that's kind of how this episode works. Now, people seem to really dig it last week, though, too, because they'd like to get your opinion on stuff besides just Star Wars. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I, as much as I would like to just talk about Star Wars, it's like there's a lot of other yeah, there's a lot of other stuff to talk about. But we are going to start with Star Wars. And let's start with this. Um, let's start with this Natalie Portman thing. So Natalie Portman. Was doing an interview and somebody asked her about uh, about returning to Star Wars. I'm sure she'll be getting this so many different times. So it's interesting that the quote changed this time around. I think and this was at a recent segment with GQ magazine. Natalie Portman stated she's open to returning to Star Wars. The actress famously portrayed Padme Amidala in the prequel trilogy, but has not made an appearance in the franchise since Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith. Again, this comes from Star Wars Newsnet, written by uh, Jay Goodall. In the video, Natalie Portman replied to a Reddit question asking if there was any chance that Padme would return to Star Wars, to which she replied, 
I have no information on this. No one's ever asked me to return, but I'm open to it. Now, hearing this comment from an actor from the prequel trilogy certainly rings a bell. Ewan McGregor said he'd like to return, um, and, he, and he did, obviously, in Obi-Wan Kenobi. From her comment, it sounds interesting, and nobody asked her to return for a cameo in the Deborah Chow-directed series, which I think is pretty silly. They probably should have definitely done a flashback with her, but nonetheless. And much like McGregor's Obi-Wan and other characters, Amidala has seen a bit of a resurgence even though she died in Revenge of the Sith, you see her in, in a bunch of other things that she's been in. But Hayden Christensen, Ewan McGregor have expressed interest in the past in returning to work on more Star Wars projects. Well, while this is unconfirmed and speculation, it could mean that all three actors interested, there could be a reunion down the line. Um, okay, so let's let's get into this. Natalie Portman, I think that there is merit to this where they're saying Ewan returned. Um Obviously, Hayden Christensen, from the rumors, are he's coming back for Ahsoka. Right. Uh, you know, Force Ghost or Flashback, whatever it might be. If it's Flashback, then there's even more of a, well, let's get let's get some Padme in there. Especially because the, the only time, the last time you've seen her in Ellie Portman, she, there's, I can't, do you remember the actress's name who plays her in um, in Clone Wars? Oh, I don't. Right. But she's, she's yeah. essentially played Padme more. Than than uh, than yes. Natalie Portman yes. has. So yeah. I don't know. I think that it could, and I think with all the and, and Natalie Portman stuff has made it known. Also, she's been very vocal. She almost walked off of Thor: Dark World when Patty Jenkins left because she's always been very vocal about female directors and um, and working with more female directors, female writers. And I think Star Wars has been doing a lot of that. Whether it's Deborah Chow, Bryce Dallas Howard, so there's a good chance that they potentially could do it. I just and it's nothing against her or anybody else, but I think they should have done this with Hayden Christensen. You got to de-age. You have to. Mm-hmm. She's in her forties now. It's, yeah. I mean, she still looks great, but you, if you she died, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? If you're so. doing like, you would almost have to do flashbacks because obviously, right? right? She Revenge of the Sith happened. You know, you would have to go back to flashbacks and fill in some gaps there. It'd be interesting to see where you would try and fill in some gaps, and like you would have to go back. I think fairly, probably like. Maybe Clone War era, like deep in the Clone War between, era, you could do in between Clone Wars and and uh, Sith. Yeah, and you could do a little bit more of the building on the relationship. Now that Hayden's back, but I just think for the both of them, I thought it was. I thought they they could have they could de Hayden just a little bit. In yeah, Obi-Wan. it was interesting in Obi Wan to see them just. Oh, I don't think they de-aged. No, them. they were using okay, that whatever, kind but, of back yeah. and forth. But Steph, yeah. what do you, what do you think about this in general and and just uh, your thoughts? I feel like the opportunity's kind of lost now <laughs> because. In my, I can't see myself being like super interested as much as I love Natalie Portman and Padme in seeing that character come back right now. When I know where we're going with Star Wars, according to their most recent announcement mm-hmm. in terms of movies and direction, so I don't really. I feel like it would have been cool in Obi Wan to show more. Ba- I wanted more flashback sequences in general with the characters, but now it's like maybe if they do a season two. But I'm not also yearning for a season two of Obi Wan either. I, all valid points, but I still think there's something people always say right away when you say, oh, I'd like to see a Darth Vader series. And people go, no, you don't need to see Darth Vader. He's, he's better when he shows up in little snippets or mm-hmm. the whole the entire movie sequel was about Darth Vader. Sure. Semantics kind of the the story, the arcs. Yeah, but not not the deep character dives inside of it. It's like, yeah, you go back, tell the story of Anakin. But who was the who was the original pre, the prequels who were they really about like when who were they really following in a storytelling aspect you you can't really yeah. pinpoint it on one person 
But what if they did a Vader series where if they're able to do this technology of the de-aging and you get Hayden and Natalie Portman back to where you kind of go back and forth of the younger relationship of what they had and the leading up to the anger that builds inside of them. And you do it like a fresh Vader, like a year, two years into being Vader of almost like Lords of the Sith. When for people who didn't know, Paulus Kemp wrote a, wrote a novel, um, Lords of the Sith, and it was fresh of him being Vader. And it's also the side story was, was Cham Sudala, Hera's father, basically starting a, a, the fraction of the rebellion. Um, and there's two things going on at the same time. And Palpatine and Vader have to get off this planet, but he's kind of battling stuff internally. Yeah. And if you kind of turn that into a series, then you could open it up. And if you didn't do that, you could still, they found a way for, for, Liam Neeson to come back. Right. I think yeah. if, if Natalie Portman did come back in live action, we're talking about live action, yeah. it would be something, I think, something small, you know, a five-minute you know, right. piece. I don't think it would be anything substantial in terms of a series run or what right. have you. Maybe she even, you know, does some voice acting for another, if they do uh, Tales of the Jedi, and it's around Anakin and Padme yeah. in there. And maybe, and maybe Natalie Portman voices, you know, Padme in, a, in, a, in that animated series. So I think there's... Other ways, other than live action, for Natalie Portman to portray Padme, mm-hmm. but yeah, obviously everyone would want to see Natalie Portman in person, sure. live action, with Hayden Christensen as well, and maybe even Ewan McGregor. There's another that, way to do it too, if they ever do it. For remember, a long time they were talking. What if Millie Bobby Brown played like a, a young Leia yeah. in the Leia comics? I think it was she goes to Naboo and she has visions of her mom, because if you think about it, never really made sense in Return of the Jedi when Luke goes. What do you remember about your mother? Yeah. How yeah. do they remember anything about their mother? They're babies, right? But if she's able, if they're able to explain it kind of through force, what she saw, never realized, like, you know, that's what it was, these memories that she had. And how does she have these memories of the baby? It's because she was tuning into her in the force and could feel her energy and, and all of that. And they were able to do that and then bring Natalie Portman in that way in, a, in like a mini series for Leia. I mean, you could even, cool. even with, even if, Vivian Lyra Blair, you know, in like yeah. five years, yeah. you cast her in some story and she goes back to Naboo and she finds, you know, the Amidala's like home. Mm-hmm. And they have like in the Tech of the Clones um, deleted scenes, there's like scenes where they're in her home, but they have like like the hologram, right. like moving. You right. could do something with something, Ellie Portman yeah. in that where even if you de-age, it doesn't look because it's a little grainy. It's an old hologram or yeah. whatever. Um, so you could do little fun things like that, possibly. I don't know. There are ways to do it, I think. Yeah. But I think Steph's also not wrong. I ask you guys with this story, what do you think? Do you think there's a way to do it? Should they do it? Or as Steph says, maybe the time has passed. Go ahead and comment. Let us know. I uh, talked about this on yesterday's Big Thing show, and obviously it, definitely have to talk about it here because of the Star Wars connection and, and just in general, we want to get more thoughts on it. And that's the passing of um, Ray Stevenson. This is from, again, Jay Goodall over at uh, Star Wars News Net. Following the death of Ray Stevenson yesterday, many individuals within the Star Wars community have shared memories and stories of the beloved actor. Stevenson was a prominent actor in Star Wars, having voiced the character of Gar Saxon and portrayed Balin Skull in the new upcoming series, Ahsoka. On social media and an official Star Wars website, there was a post, an official one uh, regarding Ray Stevenson's death, including some comments from Dave Filoni. And Dave Filoni says the following, We are heartbroken to hear of the passing of our dear friend Ray Stevenson. Ray was an incredible combination of talent, warmth, humor, and heart. We were lucky to have Ray join the Star Wars galaxy as Gar Saxon in Star Wars Rebels, and then more recently as 
Balin in Ahsoka, his ability to play a villain while being such a kind and caring person in reality is a testament to his incredible talent. We have a we have lost a great talent and friend in Ray Stevenson, said Filoni, and blah, 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 his kindness and generosity were felt by an entire team on Ahsoka. I always look forward to working with him, and I appreciated his insight and daily wisdom. I'm glad that his memory will live on through his family, friends, and the many characters he created. Thank you, Ray, for everything. Ray was loved and respected by everyone who knew him. Our thoughts are with his family at this time. Rosario Dawson also posted, um, and she said, sharing in grief with you all, what a ray of light, been calling cast and crew and the rest of my family to say how much I love them. Let this be a reminder to love on your people in real time while you can. Ray was so vivacious and unbelievably present and vibrant. He truly lived. And she followed it up with, with this picture of her and Ray I guess from on, on set. Um, there were tons of people who wrote more about him. I mean, he was, and we, we kind of touched upon this yesterday with myself and Roxy and Robert, my Burnett on the show yesterday. We, um, it, it, I never heard a bad word about him. You never heard a report that he was difficult to work with. You never heard all, I mean, everything. He, and he, there are certain actors and actresses out there that, you know, look, Natalie Portman being an example. And Natalie Portman is, is an incredible actress. She's an incredible actress. We've seen performances sometimes you're like, I don't know if her heart was in it the whole way through. I mean, it's tons. I just use her because we were just sure. talking about her. But there's tons of actors and actresses out there that are like, Shia LaBeouf is another one. Shia LaBeouf is somebody who, in like when he's in independent films or, or smaller roles, that guy is like next level. And then you put him in something like, you know, the Transformers movie and you tell, or, or Neon Jones, and you're like, yeah. Just, Ray Stevenson was always locked in. He was always locked in no matter what role it was he just he became the person and i don't know steph this is like, like you you hear this news obviously first thoughts when you hear it or your overall thoughts on ray stevenson it's just really sad like, i feel like he's so young I, I just don't think people should be going that young at any yeah. yeah that is just you know my dad's 60 about to be 65 and i feel like he has so much life right, left right. and so much to do so it just yeah, it just makes me sad about what he could have done. I think that the quote about him holding the lightsaber is so great. And it's such a good thing when you hear like about how like warm he was and how he lights up a room. Mm-hmm. It's just so important to be like that to everyday people. Yeah. Yeah. Frank? Yeah, it was stunning. Uh, I was really shocked, you know, get on Twitter and I'm like, what? And everyone's, you know, also stunned. And yeah, being so young, I was like, I, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, wait, I didn't think he was, you know old or anything like that but 58 right. is really young and you know just having seen him at or not i wasn't at solar celebration but him being at star wars celebration sure. recently you just think you know what could have happened um and knowing that he has Ahsoka coming out and i remember seeing him you know i haven't seen a lot of his stuff but you know i recently had watched rrr and he was oh he's great he, in that he was yeah. phenomenal you talk yeah. about being 100 percent in every role mm-hmm. he could easily phone that in but he was so dramatic and over the top and right for what he knew what they asked him. Yeah, exactly. And he was so fun to watch as the villain of that movie. Mm -hmm. And, and just reading all the words that the people closest to him that worked with him, um, you just really get a sense of the person that he was. And it's a shame that, uh, he's not, you know, part of this role anymore. I know. And it's, well, I mean, yes, part of this world for sure. And part of the star Wars world now immaculate, right? He'll he'll be infinitely. So he'll be like, we'll be, we'll be able to watch, um, this role with him and i'll tell you even this one shot like that looks like classic star wars stuff yeah. we haven't seen in a while and it's because look at the intensity in his eyes right like look at like he's got the cape he on just got it all and he's got it all and it's just like 
I can't wait to see him in it. Yeah. And now it's even more so like you're watching it going like it's we don't know if it's his last role ever because he probably shot. All he was filming something in Italy. Or something, whatever, the guy was yeah. filming all the time because yeah. he was like, who didn't? Because that's kind of what we're talking about. Everybody wanted to work with him yeah. for not only the fact that he was so talented because he was easy to work with. He lit up the set, you know, and I think that it really rings true to what Rosario Dawson was saying. It's like savor every moment. Because you don't know, because they were all working with him, going, "Oh yeah," and then he just from I, the details aren't really out there, but apparently, yeah. like he just caught something or yeah. something happened, and and like that. So it really is a testament to just savor every moment. I don't want me to be preachy, but it's just sure. it, it goes it goes that fast. Yeah, and, yeah. Steph, you're gonna say. No. Oh, you disagree. Yeah, I okay. disagree. <laughs> retweet, 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 retweet. Uh, anyway, so we we echo the sentiments of of Dave Filoni here, and and thoughts are with his family and and everything too. So if you want to as well, if you honor you want to honor what were some of your favorite roles for me, uh, Rome. There's no doubt about it. Rome was my favorite role that he's ever done. For, for I, there's tons of great ones, but Rome. If you've never seen Rome, that's uh, oh man, that he he is the star of that show. He really is. All right, let's move on, and let's get to something i got to talk to Frank about. All right, Jedi Survivor. Frankie has finished it. I think Steph is midway. Yeah. Okay, and I am about five minutes into the game. Um, <laughs> a month later, yes. A month later. <laughs> well, I also haven't played it since I called you. Fair. Um, but the game itself, rave reviews from everybody who's played it. Story, pretty great. Um, but let me start with Steph here, too, because Frank's the only one who's finished it. Yeah. And he knows everything. He knows the spoilers and all that. Yeah, where are you at exactly in the game, Steph? Um, I just, what did it say last night? It was like, you can see new parts of the moons or like. Oh, the shattered moon? Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Um, the oh, okay. Ga- yeah. I, it just is really fun. Are you I, playing it on idiot mode like me? Yes, fully <laughs> good, good, idiot good, good, mode. Good. Like, I want the full directions. Even then, it's like, where do I go? Mm-hmm. I have to walk into, like, 800 yeah. walls before. Yeah. Luckily, they're forgiving on when you fall off, like, locations. They don't, like, kill you straight out. No, they give you a few options. Which yeah, you can nice. turn that off or whatever. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. can? Okay, yeah, you can good. turn it completely off, I think, it's in the options. Yeah. But if you're on story mode, I think that's probably... Already, no, I need uh, to survive so I can go through or else I'll just keep dying. Yeah. 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 Do you see what I mean? Yes. Uh, yeah. I think he thinks I'm better at gaming than I am. No, I'm no, really no. Bad. No, we, we, she, she wants, <laughs> okay, she, okay, we, okay. we want that setting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know you can turn it off, yeah, Frank. We, I'm saying I need that yeah, setting. We, we need I was like, that what's setting. What's the confusion yeah. here? <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm trying to give you more credit. I'm did, sorry. No, I'm didn't sorry. you hear when I said idiot mode? Yeah. And I said, absolutely, yeah. idiot mode. I don't care. I'm yeah. proud of where I am in life. Um, it's but, glitchy, the game. Uh, well, when you last played it, yes. Yeah, Is it I, better now? I yeah, there's been a couple patches. Glitch okay. problems. Do you know, did you see my video? Yes, what happened? Yes, your dancing wall. <laughs> I, well, first of all, to be fair to Frank, I called Frank up and I'm like, okay, where am I going? I have no idea. It's the same thing that I ran into last time. Where am I going? And he's like, well, go that way. And, and it worked. It was me just getting frustrated and everything, too. And then I'm like, okay, and then I'm moving. And I'm and and here he is, and he jumps up on the sign, and he just freezes into the sign, and he's just yeah, and he won't let me off the sign. He's just sitting there like a jerk off, and I'm like, Vibes. yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. So, but you finish it. Like the story though, looks pretty damn. Did you like the story? The story is good. Okay, I, hesitant. I think I prefer Fallen Order story more. Okay, I do like what the story is doing with Cal's character. I mm-hmm. like Cal a lot in this story. More than I think I like the story overall. Okay. If that makes you any sense. You like the sense. progression of the character. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, that is to say I don't dislike the story at all. I think it's it's good. But 
if I had a preference, yeah, I think I would prefer Fallen Order Story to Survivor Story. But I think they do a, a lot of good stuff in this game to set up for a third one. And I'm that's it seems like where we leave Cal at the end of this game. Yeah. I'm very curious where he goes um, in the next game. Because there has to be a next game. Or if there isn't, this would be really wild to set it up this way and then not do anything with it. So Plus, the game's a huge success. So Unless they're going with TV show. That's what I was wondering because – would you start someone's story in the game and then finish it in another medium? I mean, I mean they've done that kind of stuff before. Just as a game trilogy, I, I feel like yeah, it would make sense to it sell it sense and to sell it. Yeah, and to sell a game. So, because I was thinking about that actually on the way over here, I was like, would they make? I don't know. I I would prefer them make that third game and then you know I told you my world between worlds theory or fan theory where you put Cal goes through the world between worlds and he pops out fifteen years later after Rise of Skywalker yeah. and and that's how you can move Cal. Uh, into the Star Wars universe that we're currently playing in yeah. and do something with this actor, Cameron Monaghan, right? Yep. So, because he's such a talent. I was like, a, how could you not do anything with him? Well, in I had action? gotten a tip months ago yeah. that he was talking about doing a live action show with them. So, whether that has come to fruition or not, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But the World Between Worlds, the World Between Worlds is. And, and that's it, a dangerous area to play in because it, it, it can get really murky and tricky. It, and, it, it is. It isn't for hardcore fans who have seen it before right and even those hardcore fans will still be like all right you know time travel i always say it time travel for star wars when you bring it up people are like no time travel in star wars where in reality it's the one place that it would make the most sense because of the way that time and space work sure. um but i'm also you got to be careful with it plus the fact that everybody's doing multiverses and everything yeah. now and dc and and marvel and all of that that it gets tricky if they do it because on your theory, which I think is interesting, you, it's the same thing we talk about Ahsoka. You can't assume that everyone has watched Rebels. Mm-hmm. And when you introduce that, if you don't introduce it well, yeah. and you disintroduce it well, if they saw when we did it in, in Rebels, people are going to go, what the hell is the world between worlds? Like like right. people who've never seen it before. Do yeah. you think they, they should – You I forget where you stand. Because I think they're going to touch on it in, in Ahsoka. Oh, I really 100%. do. What do you yeah. think? Oh, yeah, I think they definitely are, especially with Ezra. I think that they kind of have mm-hmm. to. Um, I'm curious how they're going to do it. I just don't see them taking a huge step in that direction because it does qu- put everything in question then. Because what does it mean to travel through hyperspace? Right. You know, all of these movies and things we've seen, like, are they aging differently? Right. Like, the characters that we know. So, But I think that they're going to... Probably touch on it in a really as simple as they can. So it's in the first episode or something like that. It could be, yeah. I mean, well, it also, Frank, could be a way that they introduce um, Hayden. And, you know, they could show him in, in certain, like, if she's looking through it. Yeah. She's in, and there's see certain times yeah. within the timeline. But if they do that again, I'm going to reiterate what I said about Obi-Wan. De-age the MFR. Right, because it ain't going to take a lot of work to do. And he's, he's only in his forties. You just just a little cup, a little cup we're, talking about, we're talking about Natalie Portman. Soka yeah. goes, sees a portal, whatever. Right. She sees a time, a flashback of Hayden Christian and yeah. Natalie Portman as Padme and Anakin, and you know she reminisces about her friends that she lost. You know that could be that would mean that Natalie Portman was lying in a race shot. Could have been right, <laughs> but like, you could right. do something like that. You absolutely you know? could, so, but I think that that's. I don't know. It's just a matter of how they execute it because I think. When you're talking to it, and I guarantee people just watching right now are going, this sounds terrible. I don't want anything to do with time travel and Star Wars, especially if they don't know Rebels. And it's a matter of execution. You could do it in one way where it works out great. 
and then you could do it in a way that it just seems sloppy sure. and it seems like it's reliant too much on people watching other stuff. Yeah, but I do think I, I agree with Steph. I think they're going to at least in terms of the Ahsoka show. I think um, Ray Stevenson's character and I forget the other actress. You know those two yeah, darksiders. Yeah. I yeah. think they're somehow going to stumble into the world between worlds, and through them, I think they will teach the audience what this space is. I, I think so. we'll follow follow them through that in in terms of what is the world between worlds, yeah. and then you have Ahsoka coming in and saying. Well, this is how it operates. Probably, I don't know. But um, actually, to go back to Survivor yeah, real oh, yeah. quick, um, it's a really fun game. Uh, the gameplay is is super addictive for me. The yeah. lights I replay and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and this and the fights, the boss fights. And you know, I'm glad you're on story mode because I was playing it on Jedi Knight. And it, I'll tell you this: it took me. I'm not afraid to say this or ashamed to say this. It took me three hours to beat the last the last boss of the game. It would take me six hours on easy mode. <laughs> yeah, I did Padawan. Did you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. is that it's more on mode? More on mode. Okay. No, it's that's more yeah. Mode. Okay. It's yeah. just not like complete idiot. No, I just want the story mode's too slow for me. Oh, interesting. Because what I liked about Padawan is because I like to sometimes redo what I did before because I'm learning. I've never played with an Xbox controller before. Uh, okay. And then, uh, but I feel like story mode, I'm like, okay, yeah, I saw this. Like, skip, skip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, short, I just, short. the story, uh, the beginning of it is really well done. And I just, it's just, you know, the same people who are involved in Visions are involved in doing the story for this. Right. Yeah. Which is. Um, Visions is great. I think there's, I think that maybe, you know, they should kind of help with some other stuff too. Uh, that's, that's just my thoughts. I'd be cool. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of great like weapons and technology they have in Star Wars, but I'm guaranteeing you that some of these people are still shaving their ball bags with lifesavers, and I wish that they wouldn't do it. I wish they would actually be using Manscaped. That's what they should be doing. They should be using Manscaped, and I'll tell you why. Summer is coming. Who's ready for the beach? Well, Manscaped is here to ensure that your body is ready for the wild with their game-changing full-body grooming and hygiene products. Who wants to be that guy, the Austin Powers chest hair, walking around like a putz? If you grew some of those winter man tits, Well, the least you can do is make sure that they're hairless. It is time to get ready for hot guy summer and go to manscaped.com. 20% off and you get free shipping. Got to use that code big thing. I love Manscaped. I've been using them forever. You guys know that. You know I've been talking about them. That freaking nose trimmer is my life. I love it. The Weed Whacker 2.0. Oh, just the performance package in general. It's dedicated to help you increase your confidence and level up your full-body grooming game. It is true. It comes with the essential lawnmower 4.0. Yeah, you can take a canoe because it's waterproof. And it is a cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. It doesn't matter. It's so great. I love them. If you're wearing sandals now, you need to get the Manscaped Shears 2.0 nail kit. They have everything. They have everything. I love Manscaped. Nobody, if nobody should be walking around without Manscaped. You should all have it. Every household should have Manscaped. Twenty percent off and free shipping. Use that code Big Thing at Manscaped.com. Twenty percent off and free shipping with the code Big Thing at Manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles with the besticles. Get Manscaped. That's their new tune. All right, thanks once again to Manscaped. If you haven't gotten Manscaped, I don't know what you're waiting for, man. I've been talking about Manscaped for years, years, and we all use it here. Even Steph's gotten it for, for people for gifts, and it's it's great. I love it. You gotta be you gotta be trimmed, man. You gotta, I'm telling you, don't be don't don't plant tomatoes in that in that thing. Get get. <laughs> get. Don't you start growing your gardens no, down there? Don't. You don't need to anymore. We're giving if you, you tech. tomatoes. You got to see a doctor. I, I don't know what tomatoes. Else I mean, because it's like a it's like shrubbery. 
<laughs> if I see another tomato in your ball sack, right. I swear. You don't need it. You got the, that's what they're there for. Right. Right. They're there for they they're they they don't want to be preoccupied with other things. It's a clear view. That's right. All right, so let's see if there's anything else. Oh, yeah, I want to talk about this Ubisoft thing. Hold on, let me let me bring it up. All right, remember this game? <laughs> yeah. Remember? Yeah, they talked about it. Like, it's been rumored forever. This, this Ubisoft open-world Star Wars game, apparently, it could arrive in early 2024. I always love this image because it's got, like, that... The, and it's, it's very reminiscent of, like, World War II. Yeah. Right? The report comes from Kotaku, who claims that sources familiar with the company's plans have shed some light on the slate of upcoming big releases for the company. After announcing its largest operating loss in history last week, the publisher appeased investors by hyping up a number of AAA projects such as Avatar Frontiers of Pandora and the next Assassin's Creed. Still, they keep they kept at least one major title for the next fiscal year in the dark, and that could be the as-yet-untitled Star Wars game. So some of the site sources claim the project hasn't locked down a tentative release yet, so it could slip into the next year through anywhere between 2024 and 2025, given that the Avatar game already faced a major delay. It doesn't really give much of a release date. But the latest leak, still unconfirmed, claimed that the game is similar in nature to No Man's Sky, with many star systems to explore and a lengthy but flexible story that focuses on player choice, including the customization of the main character, whether it contains multiplayer elements or remains a mis- or excuse me, or not, that remains a mystery, though we wouldn't be surprised given Massive's background with the division. It's expected to ma- reveal more about its upcoming project releases on June 12th during its big summer showcase. Um, all right, let's just talk about this game. This sounds similar to what we really like about Night's Old Republic, right? That it's like it's that it goes and based on your choices and and things of that nature. And what I like about it is the idea that we can, if if this is indeed the truth, that you can, we're going to get. New people, very similar to how we got Cal Kestis, who was a new character, and inside of it you met some old characters yeah. and, and legend stuff, and they, I think they did it very well in that game. Do you think they, they're going to kind of approach this the same way, Frank? What do you think? I mean, the No Man's Sky um, description, that's – I don't know if you've ever played that no, game. No, I haven't. It's a – actually, I was over at Kevin Smith's old place, and he had the VR for this game, and it's – it's like an it's a true open world. You mm-hmm. can go wherever and you can fly in space and you can literally just sit in your spacecraft and just hit full throttle and it'll take you a day to get to the other planet. Because or like you real can hit, time stuff? Yeah, real time or you can hit the hyperspace, whatever, and just boom, you're there. Wow. So it's it's a hugely expansive game. So to translate something like that for Star Wars and make it feel lived in and have the lore and all of that, I think is a huge, huge undertaking. But if they're, you know, this has been talked about since 2021, I've been working on it for a couple of years and yeah. probably won't be for another couple more years before the game, if it even comes out. Potentially 20, early 2024. I don't that's, think that's going to happen. Uh, yeah. That'd be really interesting yeah. um, if that happens. So if they were to make this game like a No Man's Sky or a throwback to like a Star Wars Galaxies back on the PC mm-hmm. days, um, that would be really, really fun to do where you could kind of live in that world, but also follow a storyline, which is something that actually Galaxy, Star Wars Galaxies game actually did after like a, a patch or whatever it was where you can go on these missions and um you know you can like it's like kind of like minecraft meets mm-hmm. open world you know gta style type of gameplay um if they'd make that kind of game that would be really really fun be to do and yeah. really interesting and i think you know it's 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 a huge undertaking so i'm kind of 
I'm cautiously optimistic that this game will come out, but I'm like, right, right. Well, I think Seth's also because Star Wars has not. Remember back in the day, Star Wars games is where it was at. Oh, like yeah. the Nintendo and all that. It's like it's almost all we had. When really. they said Star Wars yeah. games was coming out, it was coming out, and it was going to be a banger. Now, over the last couple of years, it's like it's coming out. Not really coming out. <laughs> right. Might. Coming out now, there's problems. Do you think this game is a going to come out? And B, do you like the sound of uh, of kind of the the options? Is what Frank was talking about. I think it would come out. I think it will come out. Um, I do like what the how you're describing it. They don't have a VR game yet, right? No Star Wars. Totally, there's a ton. There's a few right. Star Wars. Vader Immortal. Yeah, there's Vader. Yeah. You've never played Vader Immortal. Is it fun? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I have it. Okay, I you would lose your I mind. I just got an Oculus, so I. Oh, wanna, yeah. Finally, after all this time. After all this time, <laughs> it's the best thing ever. I, I'm I'm a little upset with you right now. Well, at least I got it. <laughs> yeah, but why did you get it this time? Oh, Be honest. Well, it was it's just it was presented. Look at this. She never stumbles on her words. Uh-oh. She it just presented it was presented. It was given me. as a gift by her boyfriend. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> but I just woke up one day. It's good. And good. I was like, um, wow. But uh, it, nonetheless, yeah. There's a few of them. There's Vader's Immortal. There's this other one that I started to play that I'm just not good at, so I stopped playing it, and I still have it. But uh, the Vader Immortal is. Spectacular! Oh, that's cool. Yeah, just okay, three I'm parts gonna get to it, it tonight. And I'll yeah, you, oh yeah, you'll love it. It's and now now they're, they're it's they launched with that thing. Now yeah. it's like uh, probably like thirteen bucks an episode or something like that. It's pretty cheap. But um, I would rather play that. I think then I just I don't want to say it prematurely, but I get really stressed out playing like Xbox, like on a game, like a PC, the PC gaming system. I don't or any gaming system. It feels really real. Yeah. I don't know what's sick. I just feel like I'm letting the galaxy down. <laughs> when, when you die, right. and you fall yeah, flush, my, right. and I, Jesus, I don't remember like right. X, Y is the pull switch, whatever it right. is. And right. every time I have to like re, I'm like, oh, that's a different. I'm not giving gamers enough credit because that's a different part of your brain where you have to really remember things oh, yeah. offhand really quickly. I'm quick. so bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, yeah. It takes me three hours. Walk, X, X, and then right. what's it called? Button mashing? I do that. I could I, I could literally figure out. They tell you which buttons to use, and I do it, and then three seconds later. Like, what? No right, yeah. right. Anyway, but um, but the, I, to me, I think Frank's right. I think this game is going to come out. I think that it's because of what they said in the report also is that Ubisoft kind of needs it to come out yeah. because yeah. of the idea. IP and how strong the IP is, and how if it's a good game, you it, see how well Survivor is doing. Right. Like that series, it's right. like, well, let's yeah. try and pick it back up. Yeah, and then why wouldn't you want to try to get back to like you know prominence? And I think, and I'm wondering because Lucasfilm, I'm, that division that helps out with Visions and uh, Jedi Survivor, I would assume that they're involved in anything games that they're involved in. So that's promising as well because they're not they know how to tell stories over there. They're yeah. the same. They're the same team. That also works inside of the publishing. The reason you're getting that High Republic storyline and totally. all those storylines that are working with the with the the authors and novels that's that same team. Mm-hmm. So there's a reason why that stuff is really good and also baffling that nobody's cherry picking from it. Yeah, and nobody's turning their novels into TV shows. I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's really crazy. It's almost as crazy as not getting yourself a rumple blanket. Mm. I'll tell you that you got to get rumple blankets. You need rumple blankets to keep yourself warm and Rumble Blankets, we love, and I'll also tell you about both Rumble Blankets and BetterHelp. Here you go. Rumple is back. I love Rumple. I've been telling you about Rumple. Please tell me that you've been getting them. Please, and tell me what you think of them, because they are amazing. They're on a mission to introduce the world to better blankets, because they're made with durable, sustainable materials, and they're built to last. 
They recycle over 5 million plastic water bottles a year, and they are B Corp certified, climate neutral, and they donate 1% of all their sales to environmental causes. They're built to endure the elements because rumble blankets are made with durable materials that repel spills, sand, stains, and odor no matter where you bring it. If it gets dirty, just throw it in the washing machine. So what I love about them also, by the way, it's not just for outdoors. Really good for um, – you can get one where you just watch some TV on the couch, kick back. It's pretty great. You can bring one out to the movie theater with you. It keeps you warm and comfy. I love them. I take them everywhere. I take them to the, the kids' soccer games. I take them to uh, we do picnics, and then I just take them inside. Now, if you guys want to check this out and you want to do what I'm doing, go to rumble.com slash the big thing, but use that code big thing at the checkout, and you'll get 10% off of your first order. Rumble.com slash the big thing. Code the big thing. Do it. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Love BetterHelp. Happy to be working with them. Already, BetterHelp has helped out close friends of mine and helped me out. Recommendations. They're really great. And I'll tell you that for you guys, you know, how much time, honestly, do you really spend on yourself in a given week? versus how much you spend on other people. How do you balance the two? It's easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you, and you never really take a moment to think about what you need for yourself. A lot of times, especially when you want to help your family, you want to help people out when they call you up, and it's like, who's who's helping you? And you give a lot of time giving, and what happens? You feel stretched thin, and you feel burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others. You know, Roxy is someone who's very close to me, and she's cool with me talking about it. She'll talk about it in just a second. Roxy was looking for somebody to talk to. I recommended BetterHelp, and she has really benefited from it. So she's been talking to her person for a while now. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Seriously, it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, it's flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists anytime, no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash big thing today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash big thing. All right, thank you to both Rumple and BetterHelp. So excited to have them on board, and as you know, we have been um, very excited and, and lucky to work with all these great sponsors, and you help us out, and you help yourselves out when you find the sponsor that is right for you. So please, not only go ahead and check it out, but when you do, let me know. I've gotten a lot of people who, who when, they, when they sign up, they go, thank you, we've done this, we've done that, we like it. So please, we want to know. Um, we're going to shift now. I'm going to get into some of these other stories, and I want to start with this one. All right, I'm not going to give a spoiler here. I'm just going to tell you that Andy Muschietti, who is directing, who just directed The Flash, which is coming out, also did It, um, he was talking to Variety, and he was talking about a key cameo in the movie. Now, the news today joins other recent Warners and DC titles, like Henry Cavill's Superman cameo in Black Adam, Gal Gadot in Shazam, as deliberately spoiled by the marketing prior to release. So they go on to tell you who the actual role was and again i'm not going to tell you it just says mushetti was although the role was a cameo he was glad to work with the person and yada 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 no details have been released about it um and it's not clear why warners opted this information to be released the flash will be opened in cinemas on june 16th okay so i've seen the movie i know who the cameo is um 
I think it's ludicrous that they did this because this is not – even if this gets out and you decide you're going to scroll down to see who it is, I don't think it's one to make you go see it if you didn't want to see it. Like if you were yeah. like sold on not seeing this movie, well, wait a minute. So-and-so has a, has a cameo? I'm in. I'm going to I'm going I'm going to buy it now. It's it that that didn't even work with Henry Cavill. It worked a little bit, but it and maybe maybe it maybe it gave them more money than they would have had the first weekend. The yeah. first weekend <laughs> yeah, maybe, but it yeah. still didn't even break even or, or came close to it. Um I think this is silly. I think it's really because I can tell you this, when I saw it in the theater and this particular cameo happens, the place went bananas. Went bananas. It was just, and now if you know it's coming, you probably still go, yeah. But yeah. now that you know it's coming, you're waiting for it. It's interesting when I hear cameos spoil because yeah. I go, I raise an eyebrow about, well, how good is your movie? Like, how much faith do you have in your movie? And also, if you're saying, you know, this one, this the movie's one. awesome, though. I will say, okay, this. the movie's okay. awesome. Okay, you shut That's your good. mouth, Frank. Yeah, the I haven't seen awesome. it. I'm just, I haven't saying. seen yeah. it. Either. Yeah, yeah I know. Kidding. But, but I, I mean, can it understand does the, the trailer. I can understand the question yeah. behind it because it's. It seems like a tactic that. It, that's oh, you don't want to see it, but you should because right, it's, right, it's, right. So I go. Hmm, okay. It's it's it's, but this is but not. This I not. think it's a valid concern, but I can say the movie's good. It's really really good. But Steph, you know, what do you do? You think that this is something they should have done? No, <laughs> I, I think that either there's a few things. There's people that are like high up on movies, and they just don't. Um, they don't really think about what they're saying right. in interviews. They're not. They don't really care in that sense. There's then there's people like James Gunn who's like well crafted every yeah. single answer and question he could have been asked and honestly I think that most people aren't like us where we know every reference we care about every reference we care about cameos because we're nerds most people who love movies just like like movies mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's not the same thing so I think that even when they spill cameos I don't think they should because then it's not really a cameo. Um, but it doesn't, for the most part, there's a small majority are the ones that are like, well, why'd you do that? You know? Yeah. I, I mean, you're right. Also, there's, there's tons of people who still won't even have read this article right. or sure. know this yeah. is coming like, out that the casual audience that goes and sees it, they had no clue anyway. So they probably still will get that with, get that pop for sure. I just, I just don't see that. I mean, and I don't think they're going to market it in the same way they did like Henry Cavill. Like The Rock was out there every interview basically like, hey, ask me about that thing. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and he would tell everybody because that was that was them going, come see it because of this. Because if you see it and you see him and you like what he's doing, we got this going on right. next, which ultimately didn't, didn't happen. Didn't this just happen with Fast 10? Uh, yes. No, well, no, but no, but Fast Ten it was leaked. I thought. Oh, okay. I thought it was leaked. Oh yeah, it was leaked. Oh, it wasn't. Okay, it wasn't okay, an okay. interview, but yeah, same idea in the sense that gotcha, like gotcha. It's who an leaked end it? Did somebody else leak it? I think Deadline did. Right. Oh, that's, well, that's, that's, that's what, what I'm was. saying. Okay, right. Never mind. The, yeah, yeah, right. The outlet did it. That's not, 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 an what, not the star, not yeah. the director. Not this. This is some dopey reporter going. Hey, this is smart to do when no one's seen the movie. This is this is them going. Because Warner Brothers would be well, one of the two things after that interview would be like, hey, don't air that or don't print that. Don't True. print that. But this is them going because they don't think that they don't have anybody sitting by listening to everything. And James Gunn's going to be like. They're like, just go ahead. Yeah. Have have a blast with it and, and, and do it. And does it, will it mean, does it ruin, that's the other, the, the counter to it. It doesn't ruin anything and it's not a major thing where you're going to go, oh my God, why did they spoil that? Right, right. It's just fun. It's just fun. A fun pop. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a fun. It, but uh, but uh, yeah. So I think that that being said, 
I will say that I want to see this movie again. <laughs> okay. Um, I went and saw Fast X because I missed it. I was at my brother's wedding, so I missed the screening for it, and then I missed like the opening weekend for it. So I was like, you know, I got to go and see it, and it was so much fun. It was so much. It was it's, it's absolutely ridiculous, but it's 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 fun. It's like, I love those movies. I haven't seen it yet, but I do want to go see it. It's they're ridic- ridiculous. It's, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. ridiculous, but I, I liked it better than the last one for sure. But but anyway, my point is. They show trailers beforehand, and that's one of the things I love about going. The, the, the screeners never show trailers, right? So, <laughs> right. and they showed the Flash again, and I was sitting. I, I said this on yesterday's show. I'm watching it, going, I didn't realize how much I really enjoyed this movie because I'm watching all the scenes again in the trailer, and I'm like, I want to see this again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I really want to watch this again because there's also the things they told us. Like Andy Muschietti actually came out and said, "This movie's not finished yet. Like, right? It's not done yet." And there's a particular thing again, not spoiling anything. At the at the at the post credit scenes, apparently going to be different than what we saw. Interesting. Um, and then they may not be, but I but that's what that's what I was told. And I I actually heard somebody who saw the movie a week before I did at CinemaCon, who saw the post credit scene, and it was different. Interesting. And um, there's like three different cuts of this movie going out. <laughs> he said it wasn't finished. So okay. and I think maybe some of the CGI maybe wasn't CGI to me looked pretty damn good, but maybe there's a there's a couple ones that are a little wonky, but not but maybe that wasn't completely finished yet. I mean it was April. So that's, oh, wow. there's a lot okay, of time yeah. for them to to finish it up. Um so I definitely want to see it again. I think I want to take Mike with me. Oh yeah, I think I have, have so to take much mine. Because oh, I want to do like... well, I want to do an out of the theater reaction again. Because I already did one at CinemaCon, but I want to do one with somebody who hasn't seen it, mm. and that way, like, and especially me seeing it again, knowing that there's this new stuff. Like, did I feel the same about it? Did I feel different about it? So I, I do want to do a second one when I see it. But are you excited about this movie? Yeah, I am. I I really am. Yeah. I just I love the Flash. Yeah, and I love Ezra's portrayal of the Flash. I'm going to be completely honest. So. Um, and they already made it, so I'm I'm excited to see it, and I'm I'm really excited about the cast. Like, and it's just a good reminder of how many people it takes to make a movie, yeah. and it like doesn't revolve around one person. And it seems like this story is central to many people. They're really been leading leaning a lot in the marketing on Michael Keaton as they should, yeah, as they should. But are you are you do you care about this one? I mean, I'm not. I've never really been a huge DC yeah. fan. I, growing up, I was a huge Batman fan. I had like bed sheets mm-hmm. and all that crap, you know, and. So seeing Keaton in this, you know, definitely works for me when I right. see him in the trailer right. because as real stuff, I'm like whatever. But the Keatons, I'm like, yeah, that'd be. And also, I mean, yeah, the trailer really does work for me. Yeah, it, this, the trailer really did sell the movie to me because otherwise, I would be like, well, it's just another yeah, yeah. so yeah. DC I movie. I'll see it on you. HBO Max. Yeah, I would say this is Max this is one of the DC EU, not including the the Dark Knight and trilogy and all this. Because right. this is, if not their best, it's it's up there. Okay, it's up there. Um. So, yeah, I'm excited to see it again. But I'm curious what you guys think. Um, if you read the cameo, first of all, if you read the cameo, do you wish you wouldn't have? Um, <laughs> and do you think that it spoiled anything? And do you think it makes sense of why they would market it? And in general, even if you didn't read it, do you think it makes sense that they would market it this way? And that why would you do it and you're avoiding it because? Or There are a lot of people who want to avoid spoilers but see that word spoiler and then look anyway and ruin it for themselves. It just happens it's all Kevin Smets. Is that what Smets does? He can't help himself. He <laughs> Every time I see a movie, he calls me and he goes, "Just tell tell me this." Yeah, every exactly. single time. Well, do you want to know he, this? He, I read this. Yeah, and he guesses and he guesses on um, certain things. Like, all right, tell me, don't tell me if I'm right, or tell me if I'm right. This, 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 this. <laughs> in the very beginning, and I'm like, "You're wrong." Nine out of ten I love times, spoilers. Usually. Sometimes, yeah. yeah, it's but it just depends on it. But on um, scary mood things. Like across the Spider Verse, I want no spoilers. Yeah, well, yeah, we're going to we're yeah. seeing that next week. 
I, that's I'm looking forward to that most one. most anticipated yeah. uh, are you? movie of the year. Are you seeing it next week? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to see that one and um you know speaking of what's it Vivian Li- Vivian Lynn Blair Vivian Lyra Blair Lyra Blair, she was just in that Boogeyman movie I saw oh, last she? night. She plays the younger daughter. She's really really good. She's just so damn likable. Yeah. She really remember when we saw her at Star Wars Celebration and she she announced her as Leia. Oh, yeah, I love her. And she just came out and you're just like she just is was just like as a dad I was like. So, like yeah. proud of her. I don't yeah. know her, but <laughs> exactly. I was like, but I'm like, she's just got that that thing, and she's great in this movie. I didn't love the movie, but she's yeah. great. She's great in the movie. She's she's great. I was watching the the Obi Wan panel for Soul yeah. Celebration, and when she was talking, I mean, she was. I'm like, just like she's 40 years like, old, and like, a, yeah, right. I'm I know, like, oh I my know. gosh, everyone's just cracking up and just she's astounded great. by you know. She's great. She has um, such a perspective. Yeah, at such a young age. It's totally agree. Crazy. All right, the age of Netflix password crackdown has begun. It hit the U.S., everybody. Tuesday, Netflix officially began rolling out its paid sharing feature in the United States. The password crackdown requires all account users must be in the same household and live in the same location as the primary account holder. Users living outside of a household will be able to join the main account for an additional 79, excuse me, 79 bucks, no, 7.99 a month. My father-in-law will be calling me shortly. <laughs> Higher than an ad-supported standalone Netflix subscription, which is $6.99, but less than the $9.99 a month for the plan. Primary account holders are now prompted to set a household location on their devices, and Netflix indicates subscribers will still be able to use their accounts whilst traveling. Factors such as how often the device has used the Wi-Fi at the primary location will be used to determine non-household members. According to a Netflix spokesperson, those users will be prompted to transfer their profiles to a new Netflix subscription. Primary account holders with premium subscriptions can add up to two non-household members to their accounts for the $7.99 monthly uh, monthly fee. The U.S. rollout arrives three months after Netflix began its crackdown in Canada, New Zealand, Portugal, and Spain earlier this year. In Canada, the crackdown resulted in a larger paid membership base, even as there is a cancel reaction in each market, which impacts near-term member growth. Um, This is interesting because I kind of... I think there's one side of where people are like, well, this is greedy. This is, you know, why are they doing that? It's like they're making a lot of money. And then the other side of it is, as they said in Canada, right? It's like if you really like Netflix and you want those shows, and you're going to pay the seven ninety nine or whatever it is to get it, um, and they're going to make more money on it. And it's also not a coincidence, Steph, that they're really doing this during, like, the writer strike side of it too – because this is one of the biggest things inside of the negotiations in the writer's strike is what are these numbers looking like? What are these numbers looking like when you stream something? And these numbers, by the way, with this plan for Netflix could go up and yeah. will go up. I mean, yeah, you're going to get people who are either dropping or saying, oh, I can't believe this and blah, 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 blah. But there are other people, if you want that stuff, you got to pay the price. You want you want Stranger Things? You got to pay the price. You know, you want that my my wife is watching that freaking Catherine Heigl show. She loves it, and um and what's it called? Firefly Fire, Lane. Firefly Lane. She loves it. Oh, she loves it. But like, yeah, it's like, but that's what I mean. They have a lot of different stuff. What do you think about this? It's seven ninety nine per extra person outside of your household. So if if yeah, outside of your household. Okay, that's like it. Just you guys created this culture of password sharing. We all have an inside joke. It's like one of the few things I feel like worldwide we connect on we all share each other's netflix passwords like you've unified us in some ways and that's (laughs) why i feel like we all feel unified Mm -hmm. in our like f you guys because meanwhile you continuously have massive cuts 
Netflix is like right. notorious for it this year. Yeah. And with the writer strike going on, that you clearly aren't like just giving writer or like appeasing to what writers are deserved. It just makes me really not like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but do you understand business wise why they're totally doing it? right? But like now. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's, it's like I, it's it, well, yeah, coming but like, to someone's wedding and being like, I oppose like you couldn't have told me in the dating period. Right. But <laughs> but I mean, but of course they're going to do it now because it's it's again, it's the time where they can do it where everybody's making cuts and everybody's doing something and they need to make a little bit more money right now because right. of the writer strike and, and all that. So, Frank, what do you think about this? Well, I guess I'm just not going to be watching Netflix. Because, Are you going to do mean, you share a password or something? I do. Yeah. I don't. And honestly, I don't know if it's my mom's account or my sister's oh, account. I right. don't even. Right. So like when it goes poof, it'll go That's poof. It. And then maybe one of my older roommates will. But don't you like? I'm actually on my family's plan. Like we all have it. We like I have the Hulu HBO one. My dad has the parent. Whatever Mm -hmm. it is. But I like being able to tune in and see what they're seeing, and then they watch what shows I'm watching. They'll like click on our profiles. Like there is a family. Yeah, Netflix just said they don't give a shit. They don't care. They don't care about American families. But you know what? Where are you now? This is the first domino of password sharing on these streaming apps, right? If it's First is Netflix, and then it'll be you Disney know Max, and it'll right. be Disney. So yeah. it's just it's it's evolving. It's going to happen. Don't forget that the streaming wars and the streaming thing is very very young. Mm. I remember being on Collider and going, and, and Netflix was the only game in town. Yeah, and then you're like, well, I remember being and talking like, look, eventually Disney's going to have an app, and eventually someone else will have an app, Amazon, and someone else, everybody's going to have an app, and then there's going to be like this. War and then it started to happen. Like, okay, who's going to be in? Now there's a lot of big players in the game, and now like, look what happened with the writer strike because there's no streaming has changed. Not only just TV, it's changed the film industry, it's changed everything, and it's still some shady stuff going on too because like the studios don't give numbers. Yeah. Like that's got to change. That's got to change because you've got to be able to evaluate like how I'm like like Snoop said it when Snoop. Do you see that 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 thing Snoop said? He's like. How how am I know how I'm getting paid? He's like, tell yeah. me. He's like, you know, you're doing this on amount of streams. Pay me. Like, it's my movie. It's my thing. It's right. it's my music. Pay me. Like, but show me what it is. Don't hide those numbers. So sketchy. Yeah, it's like yeah. They, they've. It's it's like it always reminds me of um, before the salary cap in baseball. Mm-hmm. You spend people like oh the Yankees they they're overspending and that's course of course they're gonna overspend it's like yeah, there's no rules <laughs> right if there's no rules then I Let can go, I'm yeah. not breaking the rules I'm just I'm just doing what I can do right there's no rules right now in streaming there has to be more rules yeah and this is one of those things where they're gonna go and this is Netflix going okay look we got to capitalize right now Steph wants to be on her family plan you can be on your family plan you just got to pay eight bucks now for it to be on it you want to watch what they're watching fine pay us yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't really watch that many Netflix shows. Like, yeah, Stranger yeah. Things, but even then, I just, I just fall off. And I, so it's, it this won't really affect me tremendously. But yeah, other people, I, you know, that sucks. And people like, love Bridgerton. Yeah. Queen oh, Charlotte. you know it. Oh man, <laughs> Queen Charlotte. Sign me up. Roxy loves that show. I love that <laughs> I mean, show. Yeah. Oh my so, god. So yeah. So you'd be you. So you would be one of those people that if they pulled it from you, you'd probably wind up signing up. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, it so just this is this why is, they're this doing it's going to work. Yeah, because they already showed in Canada right. that they can withstand the backlash See, and right. grow their subscriber base. So why wouldn't they eventually roll this the out funny to all regions? My my, I don't watch. I mean, I'll watch Stranger Things. There's a few other shows. I mean, Cobra Kai. Oh sure. Um, there's a few other shows that I watch when when they come out, right? Um, but I don't. That's not my app of choice. My two apps. I'd say four over those. I watch Hulu more. 
I watch yeah. Cinemax, Cinemax, which is pretty much HBO Max or Max. Um, HBO is my number at one. Amazon, and then and Disney. Yeah. Like, those are the ones that I watch more so. Now my wife does watch Netflix, right? And my youngest watches it for the kids stuff. Yeah. But if I took away Netflix for my youngest, she'd be fine. My wife would probably be the one like, "Where's Netflix?" Yeah, and it's just like, I don't really. That's that's the one app I probably I wouldn't want to cancel my Prime membership. I love it. Um, HBO Max has so many great things. I mean, I, and I, you know, I just and what I love about Amazon, by the way, is too is they have every movie. Yes, yeah, so you the can way, just too. rent it. True. I the other night I watched Dark City. Have you ever seen Dark City? Oh no, oh, you no. love Dark City. Really? Oh my god, Dark City is such a Dark City is the original Matrix. It's yeah. Really, really? Yeah. It's like they, they, there's no world where the Wachowskis didn't see Dark City before they started <laughs> writing the Matrix. It's, it, it's fantastic. I love it. It's, a, it's like dark, but it's still, it's good science fiction. Okay. Thing. Yeah. Did you watch that Adam Driver science fiction film that's on Prime right oh, now? Oh, God. The 63. Yeah. Or I, went, I saw it in the theater. It's not. Oh. Right. No, that's it's, why just, it's I, dull. I was like, Adam Driver sci fi. This sounds right up my alley, but. The, the benefit? Hour and twenty five minutes or okay. something. It's oh, really okay. short. Isn't that weird? I'm like, oh, a TV, an episode of TV. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. For real. Yeah, it's, I remember. I saw that. I did a an out of the theater for that one, and it was, um, yeah, it's just kind of dull. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's good in it, but it's it's just dull. Um, all right, let's do one more, and then we can get the hell out of here. Uh, all right. So I do want to talk. We talk about some stinkers, man. Stinkers. Stinkers. Listen to this. All right, this the Idol on HBO. Getting destroyed by critics. HBO premiered the first two episodes of its controversial new TV series, The Idol, at the Cannes Film Festival the other night. And the reviews have been dot, 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 interesting. The series has managed to garner the unprecedentedly bad score of just 9% on Rotten Tomatoes with just one positive review out of 11 so far. And that was from the star, Lily Depp. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the, the, The reaction has been overwhelmingly negative towards the series. So, Abel Tesfaye, formerly known as The Weeknd, co-stars, there's no way I said that right, uh, co-stars <laughs> with Lily Rose Depp in a story set against the L.A. music industry. The action follows a self-help guru and a leader of modern-day cult who develops a complicated relationship with an up-and-coming pop singer. The series made waves last year and was announced midway through the production that it would be overhauled and taken in a new creative direction. Amy Semitz left the project, leading to Euphoria creator Sam Levinson took, taking over. As a result, much of the talks surrounding the show prior to the screening has been all about the behind-the-scenes drama. With the reviews, however, the talk now is about the content. The playlist gave it a D, said it's the extension of a music star's misplaced self-belief of his potential movie star credentials. In short, it's crude, it's gross, and it's sexist. Collider gave it a D, saying that the show perceives as provocative and subverse is rather underwhelming and says it's bland. Rolling Stone says it's nasty, brutish, much longer than it is, and way, way worse than you have anticipated. Um, Variety describes it as picture blonde as Joe Esterhaus might have written it, but with better music. Oh. Yeah, the six-episode series launches on HBO on June 4th and goes until July 9th. Um, P.U., guys. <laughs> Sometimes I mean, you yikes. can sell a train wreck. I'm almost curious, but I don't know that I would. I'm not. <laughs> Are you not going like, to watch there's this? Way too many of the words that I, when I see them, I say not for me. Right, and that's like every every review I'm reading on Rotten Tomatoes. Everything you just read is like mm, absolutely not. And have no interest. So interesting to see like how it does. Like I, it's not something for me. Like I even you for it was at Cannes. I was like, well, that's interesting. Everything at Cannes has been. Why do you play, play Indiana Jones at Cannes? 
Hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's Harrison like, Ford's got the swag. I mean, but but sure. not unless you think it's like that great. And maybe they did, but like, yeah, and very well might be a fan's movie. They might, sure, well might fan, like yeah, it. Yeah. But I know I'm what just, you mean. I'm excited 50, about the Wes Anderson film. Did it, did it get good reviews? Yeah. Okay, that one got good, and so did Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, even yeah. though it's 87 hours long, I still want to see. <laughs> yeah, it. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yikes! I, I have bad. increasingly not loved a lot of what Abel or The Weeknd has put out in the past few mm. years. His original music was really like dark and twisted and sexy in a way that I really liked and most of his original fans did. And then it caught like, you know, from a Super Bowl performance on, I'm like, it just, it feels like kind of how the first episode of House of the Dragon felt for me and uh, before mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the rest of the season. Just, um... Oh my god! Shock value for yeah, shock value, yeah. as opposed for art. And so you're saying his music's like that as well? Yeah, and the like his music videos and stuff. And I'm like, okay, you're an old man. Like I get it. You're mm-hmm. making a, a midlife crisis point on age. Yeah, but this is like, okay, you're trying to make a point of Hollywood culture, but it seems really gross. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we haven't seen it. Yeah, that's true. And we could, you know, we, you very well could feel the same, but you never know. Maybe it's like look the same thing with Indiana Jones, in where. We were talking about this yesterday. All of these critics that were there at Cannes might have been in the pretentious kind of, we're at sure, Cannes. Right. Why is Indiana Jones playing at Cannes? Or it could not be a good movie. You know, which is yeah, their, maybe I'll watch the first twenty ep- minutes. First twenty episodes. First watch the first twenty and, like, and see if you can that hang in. Twenty minutes. Yeah. That's yeah. all I can get. But yeah, so I mean, that's that's the thing is that I'm curious is once it comes out and more people see it. I think screening it at Cannes is an interesting choice. I think screening anything at Cannes. That you don't yeah. think is like next level. It's gonna be is Oscar, crazy. What, yeah, it's crazy. Like that. That was really speaking of the Indiana Jones thing. I was like, oh, that's cool. I mean, yeah, it's the last Indiana Jones, sure. Uh, Harrison Ford, kind of you know, swan song of sorts. But then just reading now, finding out that this played at can, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, kind of like right. of especially of like the subject matter. I'm like, and then yeah, you can point towards can and the all you know. Hoity toity, yeah, right, right. that kind of thing. I was like, mm, that's well, you're gonna get a ninth. But then you see Collider or Rolling Stone, you know, say what you know their review, and I go, well, it's not just you know the people at Cannes, right? It's more people who have seen it, got early yeah. screenings to it, screeners to it, and maybe it's just not good. Same thing. But I might do what Steph's gonna do. Watch, watch the first 20, 20 episodes. First 20 episodes. episodes. <laughs> I'm, watch, yeah. I'm gonna watch all 20 episodes. It's true. First 20 <laughs> yeah. episodes. First, first yeah. 20. And even even though they've only locked six, I'm watching <laughs> 20. Yeah, you watch yeah. 20. Season three and four. 100. percent Fingers crossed. So many questions for you guys. What do you think? Do you think about all these topics? First of all, do you want to see this show? Do you care about this show? Do you think, no, it's going to be a stink bomb. We don't need to see it. Who cares? Or you like Euphoria that much that you're excited to see. Maybe it, it ties in and it's it's uh, it not ties into Euphoria, but ties into that kind of feel and overall tone that you might want to see it. Or you like The weekend enough that you're going to check it out. I want to know all your thoughts there. Anything we talked about, I want to hear your thoughts on. So please go ahead and do that. Uh, let's talk to both Steph and Frank. Steph, where can the good people find you? At Steph Sabra, and speaking of VR, the World Girls have a VR episode coming out where Roxy boxes. Oh, <laughs> that's wow. Hilarious. I have to see that. Okay, that's, that's funny. Good. Okay, Frankie, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at FrankieJ29, mm-hmm. Scoundrels Inc. on Twitter, Instagram. Shrewdown Rundown. Shrewdown Rundown. <laughs> yeah, this, as you run down, that's still going strong. No. We're still doing back load of the episode. Yes. Okay, we'll say this, though, by the way. Yeah. I forgot to mention it up top. Frank has actually been, since we ended Shrewdown, Frank's been uploading. Every if you go to the Schmodown archive channel, um, that's where all of the Schmodowns live. And I get I get messages all the time. Hey, where's this match? I'm like, it's all coming. It's just this one guy doing it. And, uh, and yeah, there's working. a 
a dump of video uploads that are going to be hitting the, the, the channel. So you're going to see like just like a massive influx of videos. And like actually today and tomorrow. And what season are we on? Four right Round now? Five. We're on five. We're right about now. to actually, will go up is the Clark Wolf and Sam Levine title match. Great match. There. Oh my Crazy gosh. match. Crazy um, match. It's been really interesting to watch uploading re-watch, these yeah. and then like revisiting all these moments. Yeah. I'm like, man, we really doing this we thing, did a lot you know? of yeah, especially with that, with that era too so yeah. uh so make sure you check that out. go to the schmodown uh, archive but also check frank out and check out his show scoundrels inc um all right thank you guys for joining us and once again if you haven't already do it please go ahead and get those tickets uh com. i want to see you in new york man one night only one night only show a little hit that button get us to a hundred thousand we're gonna get there i want you guys to come with us all right for me and steph And Frankie Janish, we're out of here. See you next time. Peace. I want to be on Scoundrels, eh? Hey, man, put me on Scoundrels, eh? I'm a scoundrel. I just stole six nuts from my brother. That's right. You don't know. Stupid assholes. Drunk. Off what? You figure it out. I stole that from him, too. (laughs) I'm a pimp. Yeah, baby. Yeah, that's right. Oh, am I on the air? Oh, shit. I gotta get out of here. Bye-bye. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.